What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Well, a really big game for the Arkansas Razorbacks in Arlington against the Texas A&M Aggies, a team that's beaten them 10 out of the last 11 times after Arkansas previously dominated the series when the two programs were in the old Southwest Conference. We're going to lean on, uh, excuse me, (laughs) Giggum. Gigum 24-7 insider Jeff Tarpley, as well as Curtis Wilkerson from hogsports.com to help me break down this matchup. All that and more on today's episode of Hogsports. I started to say that way, what, <laughs> Aggie Websider, because that's uh, – that's where Tarpley used to be over when he, we were both at Rivals back in the day. Before we get started, I want to remind everybody there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on YouTube. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to the channel. As I mentioned the other day, 71% of the people who watch the videos aren't even subscribed. So uh, subscribe to the channel and, of course, hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. We always stream the show live on Facebook, so if you want to get a question in, you need to go to our Facebook page. Be one of 90,000 Razorback fans to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Also available on Apple Podcasts. We are currently Arkansas's highest-rated podcast, uh, but we'd love some more five-star reviews. We're almost at 1,000 reviews so far, so we'd love to get a five-star review if you haven't taken a moment to do that. Also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. We are there at hogsports.com. Where do we want to start out, fellas? There's so much to talk about with this one. So let's get to the basics, I guess. This matchup, Saturday, September 30th, it's an 11 o'clock game. It always feels like this is an 11 o'clock game. kind of takes away some of it, in my opinion, for going to a neutral site. Neutral site games should be at like 6 o'clock. They just should. Anyway, SEC Network, AT&T Stadium, 80,000 capacity for football in Arlington, Texas, home of the Dallas Cowboys. This is going to be the second to last time that Arkansas plays Texas A&M in this venue. This is Arkansas's last time to be the home team. Texas A&M will be the home team next year, and then it should be over. I personally, I'm ready for it to end. I mean, it'd be fine maybe if it was every other year or something like that, but it's just every year in the same venue. I just think the negatives outweigh the positives. I damn sure don't think Arkansas would be 1-10 against Texas A&M in this series. Had, the, had it been a home-and-home. Home. Arkansas has lost a lot of close games. The last six meetings have been decided by 10 points. We know there's been several overtime matchups. It's just been kind of a sucky series for Arkansas. And last year's game kind of encapsulates everything that has been going wrong for Arkansas in this entire series. Injury news real quick ahead of the game. We are expecting Rocket Sanders to be available now. The big question was on Wednesday if he was having zero swelling in that knee, basically, because Monday he practiced, didn't have swelling, so he was able to go Tuesday. They put a lot more on him Tuesday. So if he came out of Tuesday's practice and practiced Wednesday with no swelling, then it's a really good bet. It's a really good bet anyway, just looking at the way he's moving around and stuff. And that's typically how you do things. You go from, you go from like easing him into practice – the one week when they're coming back from an injury like that, in this case, a knee injury, getting them kind of accustomed to things. And then the next week is when you start preparing them. So that's pretty standard operating procedure uh, for, for Rocket. Uh, we know that Hudson Clark is dealing with a bit of a shoulder. He was supposed to be in green still Wednesday. A.J. Green has been in a green jersey too. Both those guys are expected to play. Devon Manuel still dealing with a stinger. Not quite to where he was when they were really – you know, really pleased with where he was early in fall camp. Not quite back to that level, but I think we saw uh, a different impact at left tackle when he was in the game. And that's, again, nothing against Andrew Chambly. He just, as I've been saying since he entered the starting lineup, still about a year away. Kind of like where Manuel was last year. Connor Wegman's out. Wegman, um, there was a lot of suspicion. When I saw the injury, I was just thinking, like, you don't see college football players just like, writhing in pain, like basically screaming in pain for a minor injury or something as mild as a, just a regular standard ankle sprain. I mean, it's it, – you could see when the game was going on that this could be something that, you know, takes him out for a while, and he's expected to miss the year. Uh, the good news for Texas A&M is they have Max Johnson, who's very experienced, a very experienced quarterback. This is the guy that Arkansas faced last year, led, led – um, Texas A&M to a 27-10 win over the Tigers. Auburn Tigers, 7 of 11, 123 yards with a pair of touchdowns. One of those was to his brother, who's a tight end. 
four-star tight end in the class of 2022. Last season, he went 11 of 21 for 151 yards, 52.4% with a touchdown in the 23-21 win over Arkansas. We all know how that game played out. K.J. Jefferson, it's not surprising when you see K.J. Jefferson do some of the things that he does on the field that he thinks that he could jump from 12 feet out into the end zone, extending the ball. Of course, fumbled it. 97 yards the other way. There was a handoff involved in there, and uh, Aggie turns the whole game around. It took Arkansas a while to recover from that mentally, I feel like. I feel like they finally got their head straight, battled back. And then if you remember how this game played out, and a lot of people misremember it, but Arkansas was just driving it straight down their throat, ran into a second and five deep in territory, and Ricky Stromberg snaps the ball over K.J. Jefferson's head. Suddenly, second and five turns into third and 15. Arkansas has to settle for a field goal. It goes off the tip top of the upright on the right side. Cam Little usually don't see that happen, but it happens. Kickers miss field goals, and Arkansas lost the game because of it. It all started with that dive, and it ended with that snap, in my opinion. That's how the game played out. And then subsequently, you had a missed field goal. Cam Little is still clutch. Arkansas is 42-34-3 and and in this series. This used to be 41 before Texas A&M joined the Southwest Conference, or excuse me, the SEC, the Southeast Conference. Arkansas was 41-23-3. That's dominating a series. Now it's an eight-game edge. It's a shame that it's gotten to that point. We've all lived it. We've all witnessed it. But that's where things are. Tell you what's not a shame, and that's Ozarks Go. Our friends over at Ozarks Go provide lightning fast internet. You can reach them at 479 684 4900. That's a local number because you're dealing with a local company. You're going to talk to local people. You can reach them online at ozarksgo.net slash hog. Uh, they're up in northwest Arkansas, parts of Missouri, parts of Oklahoma. If you get Ozarks Electric, then you probably have access to Ozarks Go as well. I've used them for two and a half years now. I've used just about everybody else up in northwest Arkansas that's been available to me, and nobody has compared to Ozarks Go so, so far. Even before they were sponsoring the show, I'd moved over to them. And my experience has been 100% uptime, which I've had no issues at all with Internet for two and a half years with these guys. So they're consistent, reliable, and uh, they provide lightning-fast speeds. I use the multi-bit service, excuse me, multi-gig service, which is 2,500 megabits per second. Lightning-fast for all the stuff that I do in my office. Uh, most people, and what I've used in the past is gigabit, which is 1,000 megabits per second. That's going to work great for most people. Uh, they also offer several other tiers. But go reach out to them, 479-684-4900. Go find out if they're available in your area at ozarksgo.net slash hog. Uh, great local company that will treat you right and give you great internet. Trey Biddy stamp of approval with Ozarks Go. Okay, we're going to get over to Jeff Tarpley now. So Jeff Tarpley... Jeff doesn't tweet much. He's listed at TARP, or excuse me, at 24-7 TARP, I believe, but I don't think he's an active Twitterer. So uh, you probably can't find his information anywhere, but gig him 24-7. So if you're a Texas A&M fan listening and want to know more about the Texas A&M Aggies, your favorite team, then you want to go to gig him 24-7 for the latest information over there. Let's see what Jeff has to say for us. Hey, morning, guys. Morning, Jeff. How you doing, brother? Doing great, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Um, I appreciate you coming on. I think this is like the third year that we've had you on the show. Um, but this is always an interesting matchup, Jeff. I mean, what's your thoughts just right off the bat on the recent history of this matchup? And, uh, I mean, Arkansas has obviously been on the wrong end way more than they should probably. You know, Arkansas always seems to play A&M hard. I think part of that has to do with the fact that it's an old Southwest Conference rivalry. Uh, that's one aspect of it. I think the other aspect is, is that it's always the first, maybe the second uh, SEC game for both teams. So there's kind of a sense of urgency, uh, no matter whether you're 0-3 coming in the matchup or 3-0. and It's always kind of a fresh start. And so... Also in that vein, you've got you're you're you may be playing a real power five team for the first time because you may have played like an FCS, uh, a, a group of five team, and maybe a lower level power five team. So there's it, always some shot value, so to speak, whenever these two teams collide mm -hmm. so early in the season. As a result, 
uh, you tend to see some things you might see in the first game of the season. You see more busted assignments, perhaps. You see more big special teams plays. As a result, you get more big plays overall, and you get such massive changes in momentum. And what's happened during the course of this series is that typically A&M has always managed to make, despite our, and, and oftentimes our Arkansas gets a lead early in the game, A&M always seems to find a way to fight back. And at the end of the day, they, make, they generate one more big play than Arkansas does. And that's for whatever reason, more team speed, more athletes, better coaching, doesn't matter how you want to, to phrase it. That's always been the difference, that one more big play that A&M has been able to generate. Yeah, and this year may be a little bit different with both teams coming off of SEC games already. A lot of times this is the first SEC game for both teams. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Max Johnson. Obviously, we know Connor Wegman's out for this game. But Max Johnson's a guy with a lot of experience. What could we expect to see maybe that they would gear the offense towards differently with Max in there versus Connor? Well, it's interesting. Even in the spring game, a and t- Bobby Petrino tended to use his two quarterbacks differently. Uh, Wigman was more of the guy that they ran RPOs with. And when he was the starter, uh, he, he tended to go off schedule, so to speak, more or he also tended to look for man coverage on the outside more and take advantage of deep shots. Uh, Johnson, they tend to run more of of Petrino's West Coast background uh, from a schematic standpoint. You're going to see a little more play action. They might move them a little bit more. Uh, One interesting thing I noticed against Auburn was Johnson seemed to take a little bit deeper drop uh, and which bought him a little bit more time against a blitzing team that had had success dialing up pressure against AM in the first half. Johnson, though, he's he's a cerebral guy. He's going to be more of a check down kind of guy. Wigman was a younger guy, wanted to hit the home run. I mean, he would hold the ball, but again, that's what, one of the reasons um, you know he, he took shots that eventually added up and and now he's out for the season mm-hmm. uh johnson on the other hand is going to distribute the ball a little bit more he's going to get it underneath to tight end jake johnson and, and slot anias smith more uh he did take a shot down the middle deep last week to evan stewart but probably uh those are going to be fewer and far between with him running the show as opposed to wegman mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the Texas A&M defense? I mean, 273.8 yards a game allowed this season, 17.8 points per game, and that's including, you know, what they gave up against uh, against Miami and Tyler Van Dyke, 451 yards and five passing touchdowns in that game, two field goals, kickoff return for a score. Uh, what are your thoughts just on, on the defense so far and I guess what Miami was able to do with, with, to them, and, and is there any way Arkansas can maybe match some of those things? I think there's a couple of differences. One, ULM and, and, and New Mexico were just totally unable to – they just didn't have the receiver's offensive line or anything to make a passing game go. Uh, New Mexico had a little bit of success with their quarterback uh, getting the ball out fast. What Miami did more than anything else was they discovered early on that, hey, if we just want to hold the ball and protect – then we can take shots down the field because AM's rush is not going to get to Van Dyke. And that was a real problem for AM. Since then, AM has started doing some of the things, ironically enough, uh, that they started doing with Mike Elko back when he was at AM. Uh, they, they used more blitzes, but the types of blitzes to bring pressure so that you, through your hot reads, not down you didn't get the ball down field you threw your hot reads Mm -hmm. on passing downs you got the ball out but it was always short of the sticks you got tackled and so a&m got off the field so they started doing more of that now a&m did generate seven sacks last week auburn's quarterbacks are as a duo they're just not very good at they weren't very good from the from the get-go pre-snap post-snap it just didn't matter and so they weren't able to read defenses. The receivers weren't able to break off their routes, uh, that type of thing. 
So I, I think from Arkansas standpoint, they're probably going to be, you know, I, I, I think the middle of the line is probably going to be as good as, as what Auburn's was in terms of, in terms of allowing pressure tackles might be more problematic for Arkansas. Uh, I, I think, Van Enos is probably going to move KJ Jefferson around. I think he's going to try to take some shots down the field because mm -hmm. when A&M's been in certain types of man coverage, they have been vulnerable with that. But I would recommend at this point that the way A&M is dialing up more pressure, that you've got to move them around a little bit more. And also one thing that uh, nobody's really done much of this year is go to their screen game against and get the ball out on the perimeter now Tariq Chapel Josh Berry cornerback uh, they've been pretty good at being aggressive on the line of scrimmage but if you get your RPA RPO going, game going a little bit uh, then you can merge the you, know, you merge that bubble screen with the receiver going down the field or running the slant behind the uh, you know, the nearest defenders. So I, I think that might be something to look for. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jeff Tarpley joining us. Again, you can follow him at 247TARP on Twitter. He doesn't tweet a whole lot, but you can read all of his stuff at Gigum 247 He's a senior writer over there. Hey, Tarp, real quick, I want to get you out with this. Uh, how do you think the game is going to play out on Saturday? I don't think it's going to be any different than what mm -hmm. we're used to seeing. I think that A&M is going to find a way to win by one score. I don't know exactly how that is. It'll probably be some kind of big play. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that's how it's going to happen. I don't think Arkansas is as talented as they were last season. At least it doesn't seem, you know, just on what I've seen of them this year, you know, things are a little more problematic for them in terms of their pass protection. Uh, I, I think their front seven's pretty good. Uh, their secondary, you know, they blitz a lot last year and that left them very vulnerable on the back end, but they're still having issues on the back end this year. Uh, I, I think A&M is better in terms of their run defense. They've just got a lot of size up front. But even if A&M has more experience this year, uh, I, I think they're probably not going to hit the big plays that mm -hmm. we were used to seeing, uh, you know, in, in the games against the uh, group of five competition. And so I think that'll kind of help keep it close. But in the end, the end, I just think as usual, A&M has more talent and that will play itself out with one more chunk play that will enable them to take the victory. All right, everybody. Jeff Tarpley joining us from Gigum 24-7, senior writer over there. Go follow his stuff at Gigum 24-7. Hey, appreciate you, Tarp. Thanks for coming on with us. Thanks, guys. All right, everybody. That's Jeff Tarpley. All right, we're going to hop over to Curtis Wilkerson now to get a little bit of the Arkansas side of things. Uh, Curtis, you can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. And, you know, you guys are very familiar with Curtis. You know he does a fantastic job for us and has for years at Hog Sports. Let's see what he has to say. Hello. How you going, Curtis? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. I kind of combined things. I said, how you going? <laughs> I, I, how you doing I, I, and how's it going? going <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a lot going on, actually, because uh, basketball today, you get to watch some practice, meet with Musselman, meet with some players and stuff. What are you expecting to see out of today? I know you got to be anxious with all the new faces. I'm, I'm very anxious, and that, that's obviously the number one thing I'm waiting to see. I mean, they've got seven transfers in there and, and a couple freshmen. It's going to be our first time to, to get a glimpse of those guys up close and in person. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it. It's interesting because, you know, Arkansas, they had their summer session where you get, you know, eight weeks and four hours on the court per week to, to do some workouts. But it, it's kind of a unique offseason for them. They had some injuries, uh, some guys who showed up later than others. They had some late additions to the roster out of the transfer portal. So really, uh, since school started, has been the only period here that Musselman's kind of had the entire team together. So I'm anxious to see what he thinks about them. Uh, you know, obviously how they look, and it is kind of a different look for this team. You know, they're a little bit smaller, uh, but more of a veteran group. They're more athletic. So how far along are they? 
Are they going to play some more small ball? I don't. Can they make the occasional three pointer? I, I don't know. We'll see. But I'm I'm really looking forward to getting out there and seeing them. I think it's going to be an exciting team. Must seems to put together a different style of team every single year. Last year's team couldn't shoot threes. This t- year's team is. Uh, undoubtedly going to be able to shoot the three pretty well uh what 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 type of team has he not put together yet I mean he's put huge teams together he's put super defensive teams together big offense I mean is there something out there that he's we can expect to see next year after this group (laughs) yeah I mean like the only thing you know that that maybe we haven't seen from him at this point is like uh you know a a Syracuse Jim Boeheim style of Mm -hmm. two three zone or something yeah (laughs) I just don't think he has that in his DNA if Eric Musselman starts running the zone I'll be worried that he's lost his mind but that's that's about (laughs) it man it's it's a little bit different every year all right Curtis let's flip you over to football now um Obviously, we always ask you, you know, the, the keys to victory and what are the burning questions for this game. We always keep the things the same on keys to victory because they are all, the four things that really stand out in every group is penalties, turnovers, special teams, and key injuries. And we know how penalties have been. We know how special teams have been. <laughs> uh, we know how injuries are right now. And, of course, um, turnovers always play a big role and uh, with every game but we always have a fifth one that kind of is different week to week and this one is keep the change moving and Arkansas has kind of been a little bipolar they were on the right side of things against uh, LSU but you know against BYU it was it was a lot different story what do you mean what do you you think Arkansas can do in this one well I I don't know I mean hopefully they can kind of keep that mojo from from last week I mean Texas A&M has been awesome defensively on on third downs I believe they've only allowed 10 conversions on 49 tries it's one of the best marks in the country uh and and you hit on it you know arkansas has been up and down i I think they were two of 13 on third down against byu but eight of 13 at lsu last week so uh you know i'd say having more success on first and second down to create a better third down distance would would probably help them but arkansas hasn't necessarily dominating short distance situations mm-hmm. either so uh, i think just keeping that mojo from last week keeping those chains moving you know explosive plays are awesome you take those all day but sustaining some of those long drives and, and then capitalizing on them obviously uh, is going to be key I, I think the more you keep your offense on the field the less bobby petrino's offense is on the field and, and you keep fresh legs on that defense it might help you through a four quarter game looking at uh K.J. Jefferson, he's coming off of his best game. I thought he was really poised in the LSU game, not just because staying in the pocket, but staying in a pocket that was oftentimes just collapsing around him. You think K.J. Yeah, can, can take advantage of this A&M secondary? I, I really think he can. I think you're right. You know, it seemed like he might have turned a corner a little bit last week. He did. You know, he looked, in my opinion, uh, probably more, more comfortable, decisive than we've seen at other points this season. Uh, maybe that chemistry is starting to, to find itself with his targets out there. You know, for Arkansas to win games, they need their best player to play well. I mean, you look at Texas A&M, uh, you know, they've got the second best pass defense in the SEC. They're 16th in the FBS. Uh, I think there's some fool's gold involved with that. I mean, they, they face three of the worst passing offenses in the country. Uh, and the one good one was a, a Miami team that really shredded them. And, and so talking to a buddy who – you know, covers the Aggies over there. He thinks the secondary is probably pretty clearly one of their weaknesses on that team. So maybe there's something there uh, that Arkansas can exploit. And it's a good time to find out when you're starting to see that connection grow with Andrew Armstrong and Luke has, and, you know, hey, they got Tyrone Broden involved. So maybe they're starting to figure some things out in the passing game and, and they can pick them apart out there a little bit. I always felt like when like a celebrity dies young, this is kind of morbid, I guess, but you always have very fond memories of them, you know, like, uh, Marilyn Monroe or something, you know, she never got older. We never saw, you know, what happened to Kurt Cobain or stuff. You know, you always remember them at their peak. And that's kind of the same deal with Bobby Petrino. He, he isn't dead, but he obviously, the way things ended at Arkansas uh, was very sudden and he was coming off of an 11-win season. So there's a bit, there's still this mystique with Bobby Petrino that he can do, you know, no wrong offensively. Against Arkansas, Texas A&M has a brutal stretch coming up, first of all. It's Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, Ole Miss, so on and so forth. It's a, it's a rough stretch coming up. But don't you think that Bobby Petrino is saving whatever, he tricks, whatever tricks he has in his hat, all of his best stuff for this game against Arkansas? Yeah, yeah. I did mean, you like 100%. Did you like my analogy also with celebrity deaths? I, I, I did. That, that was a good one. I mean, to, he 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 might be theoretically dead to a lot of people, and you know, <laughs> given how things went down there. So I, I get it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I think he absolutely does. I mean, we saw 
you know, last year with with significantly less talent at Missouri State, some of the things that they were able to do there, he's he's definitely uh, you know got some personal interests at play here, uh, and he's got some playmakers now. I mean, you know, I I think about Neighbors and Thomas last week from LSU. That I mean, that might that might be the best one-two punch of receivers. Uh, in the SEC, the country, I, those guys are really good. But Texas A&M has some dudes over there too. I mean, you know, Evan Stewart, he's he's really coming into his own. I think he's averaging over 100 receiving yards per game. Anaya Smith, it seems like he's been there for a decade. I mean, we know mm-hmm. how explosive he is, and, and there's others. So, you know, we know that Bobby Petrino can really scheme things up and, and get his guys the ball in open space. Uh, is Arkansas going to be ready for that? You know, can can Travis Williams disguise some things or throw in some new wrinkles himself to kind of disrupt it? I, I think it's going to be a combination between, you know, kind of a chess match there with the coordinators and, you know, Arkansas also needing some guys on the back end to, to step up there and make plays against, you know, a Texas A&M team that's got some good guys there at the skill positions. Curtis Wilkerson joining us again. You can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. He's the Hog Sports Senior Analyst and does a fantastic job. And especially a lot of great baseball con- content coming from Curtis and our man Andrew Ellis as well. Uh, coming up starting today with, uh, what is it, 345 today, Curtis? 345. 345 wait. all starts, yeah. So um, important time. So it could be a big year for Arkansas basketball. Uh, back to football, though. Um Arkansas's defensive line, I mean, even when they're getting not getting seven sacks, you know, I, I still think they're not going to be taken advantage of. Facing really high-quality offensive lines in the SEC, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's, like, just taking advantage of Arkansas's defensive line. We talked about the numbers and the depth there and the talent that they have. Um, you think they can be disruptive against Max Johnson and the Aggie offensive line? I think they can. You know, the first half against LSU last week, I, I thought Arkansas did a nice job getting Jaden Daniels. They hit him on the first play of the game there, uh, took him down a couple times. I thought they had him looking pretty unsettled for a large portion of the first half. Uh, the second half, that protection improved. He really started to sling it. You know, it, I think about Max Johnson for Texas A&M. I mean, he's, he's a veteran, tons of experience, really quality backup. He's still a backup. And, I, you know, we just talked about Petrino and, and his playmakers. I mean, to me, one way to keep the ball out of the hands of the playmakers is by – I do that every show now. I dropped you, Curtis. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, man. I, I heard that. I was like, what? Did you just throw his phone across Sorry about the your ear. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, no, I, I do. I, you know, I think one way to, to kind of keep the ball out of the hands of, of the playmakers is by disrupting the dude who's distributing the ball to him. So mm-hmm. I think it will be important for Arkansas Saturday to, to get a rush on him, and, and they've definitely got the horses there to do it. You think Curtis – or you think Curtis – do you think Rocket's going to play that much in this game? I mean, well, he's, he's going to play, but, I mean, could we really see, like, 15 carries out of him, or are we going to see, like, five, six? I think it might be more the latter, but, but, you know, I say that, man, Tuesday out there at practice, he looked really good. And, mm-hmm. you know, they were running the fastball period and he had a, he had a big gain to the right side on his first touch, but his second touch, you know, he, he took it to the right side again and it looked a little bit bottled up and he kind of ran into the back of one of his own blockers, but then he put on a spin move and, and cut it back inside and he didn't get a lot out of it, but that just kind of struck me as a play to, like, I don't know that he would make that move if that knee wasn't feeling good, I mm-hmm. guess is what I'm saying. So that, that kind of stood out to me. And, and again, you know, like Pittman said, that they were kind of waiting to see how he feels. Is he, you know, is he sore? Does he get any swelling after, after going that hard at practice? But um, I do think we'll see him. I, yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to be a situation to where he, he's ready for 15 or 20 carries. Um, but I do think getting a guy like that back uh, can really provide life and, and give a lift to the offense. You know, I think you could see it uh, when Rashad DeBanion really lit up talking about him in an interview this week. And, and that's a guy who might lose carries once Rocket comes back. So mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, everybody knows how talented he is. Uh, when you get him back, it provides a boost and, and maybe a little bit of added momentum. Uh, and, and hey, you know, it's it's interesting. It feels like the ground game has been better the last couple of weeks, maybe. Uh, the offensive line will continue to progress. But, you know, we haven't seen that vintage Arkansas rushing game yet. You know, they, they don't have a 100-yard rusher in a game yet this season. They don't have a 200-yard ground game. I know it's a different offense, but there's still a, a, a ton of talented legs in the backfield, backfield for that to be the case. So, you know, if Rocket can play and, and you know, he's, he's splitting some carries in there with Green and DeBinion, who showed us some things last couple weeks. KJ gets going with his legs. Uh, maybe that rushing attack can finally start to hit its stride a little bit because you know it's still going to wind up being a strength of this team mm-hmm. at some point. 
Yeah, and you know, I think that with Danny Nose's offense, they've obviously taken some time to get accustomed and adjusted and getting to know everybody. Uh, you know, I think they'll be better for it in the long run, but I definitely think it has impacted them early in the year. Your last point, obviously, can Arkansas stay out of its own way? That's been a big problem. Too many penalties, 14 penalties, 11 penalties. You have back-to-back Nathan Backs jumping off sides, back-to-back plays and start the fourth quarter. That's not how you want to start the fourth quarter of a close game like that. Uh, but obviously, that's a, that's a big point. So, just speak on that a little bit, Curtis. And uh, if you got any kind of thoughts on how this game's going to play out this year. I know we do our predictions, what, tomorrow, but uh, you might have something in your mind. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, at, at the end of the day, like, I I believe Arkansas has a good football team. I mean, they do, but so does everyone else in the SECs. Like, you're not, you're not going to win too many games when you continuously punch yourself in the stomach or mm-hmm. – maybe even a little bit lower than that, like from, from week to week, you know, Dang. so the penalties, it's got to be cleaned up. The situational football, uh, you're not going to know it every time. There's got to be a balance there, the, the timeouts, all that. You, you, you hit on it all, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, they've got to start cleaning some of that stuff up. But, uh, you know, as far as the game goes, it, it's interesting. I was, I was listening to a, another podcast uh, this morning, a national one, and, and the guy says – uh, that he sees KJ Jefferson failing to convert on, on a last minute fourth and 22 after getting sacked on back-to-back plays and Arkansas losing by three. And that wouldn't surprise me at all, like, given mm-hmm. how this series has gone. But, you know, there's been a lot of – it's like stinking thinking out there for the last couple of weeks around the program. But I, I really have been impressed with what I've seen internally. I, you know, we've been out of practice this week. I mean, to me, like, I've, I've seen Sam Pittman with extra pep in his step. I've seen an Arkansas team that's lively. They're high energy. They're getting after it. It's been physical. They talked about a lot of that stuff, the vibes feeling different before the BYU game. But but this week, I actually am buying into it. I, I feel it. I've been seeing it. I Look, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think this is going to be Cam Little's revenge game from last year. I, I think the Hogs are going to walk it off and win this one 30-28. All right, Curtis. Well, I don't disagree. I picked Arkansas to win this one in the preseason. The, the question is, can they win this one? Can they beat Ole Miss and get back on track? Because uh, I had them at eight wins. If I think if they could do that, then um, they'd be right back on track. Eight wins. They got a shot. Yeah. Uh, all right, Curtis. Appreciate you, brother. Good luck at basketball yep. today. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. All right, everybody. That's Kurt Wilkerson. Again, you can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore Hogsports Senior Analyst. Covers a lot of sports. Says a lot of a lot of things. Wears a lot of hats for us. Okay, let's see. We are 32 minutes in. Let's just look at this uh, matchup just a little bit. Razorback offense um, versus Texas A&M defense. Arkansas is putting up 36.5 points per game. Texas A&M averaging 17.8 points a game. Um, I mean, you look at down the numbers, and Texas A&M pretty solid in most categories. Total defense, 273.8 yards a game. Arkansas putting up 384.2. So, just on the surface, it looks, you know, obviously, just from the numbers, Texas A&M defense a little stouter than Arkansas's offense. But, obviously, Arkansas's offense really started to pick it up in the last game. They just got to stay out of their own way. You're not going to win this game with double-digit penalties. You're just not. You're not going to win this game if you're losing the turnover battle or you're making just, you know, huge colossal errors like we saw in last game when they're really ready to just kind of put their foot on A&M's throat. And the next thing, it's a touchdown the other way. It's a 14-point swing right there in an instant. Got to be stronger in goal line situation. Fourth and one. You can't be jumping off sides at the goal line or on a two-point conversion. Arkansas got that two-point conversion against LSU, but they also jumped off sides. All kinds of things like that just can't happen. You have to limit your mistakes. I always say this every year, and people are like, they didn't beat us. We beat themselves. We beat ourselves. No, what happened is you made mistakes, and they made you pay for them. And that's how college football generally, when you have two teams in the SEC that you know have been under their coaching staffs, have established programs, Two teams in the SEC face each other. It's the team, not necessarily that makes the most mistakes, but the team that makes the other team pay the most for those mistakes. You didn't lose the game. They took it from you. They beat you. Okay? And that's why Arkansas has lost this game so many times because Texas A&M has made them pay time and time again, whether it's an untimely penalty, whether it's going for it at the goal line and not getting it, um, all kinds of things like that uh, cost Arkansas wins. I mean, this game has gone into overtime several times. It's been decided by a field goal several times. And Arkansas has a tremendous losing streak. Not a losing streak because it's one and one the last two. But over the last 11, that's 10 losses. 
We talked about that already. A lot of young players for Texas A&M. They had that huge recruiting class in the class of 2022. Uh, so you see a lot of younger players on the offensive side of the ball. I look at the, you know, the offensive line. It's not just like littered with super highly regarded recruits on the offensive line. It's about what you would expect from most SEC teams where you look at, you know, the defense and it's just like top 100 player after top 100, top 10 player after top 10 player. Just a lot of really highly regarded recruits on that side of the ball. Let's look at that real quick. So, just from a numbers perspective, we talked about Max Johnson a little bit already and his passing numbers. He can run a little bit. He's not super mobile. He had a 15-yard carry against Auburn. Um, but Amari Daniels, Le'Veon Moss. Moss, I believe, was in the class of 2022. He's a little highly, more highly regarded. Daniels isn't quite as big, but he's a fast, shifty, older back. Uh, Evan Stewart was an elite prospect. Let's see. Evan Stewart, here's his note. So Evan Stewart was the number six overall prospect in the country in the class of 2022 at wide receiver. So big-time, big-time player. 22 catches for 307 yards, 14-yard average to lead them. We all know Anaya Smith, older player, still feels like, as mentioned earlier, he's been there forever. Noah Thomas missed the Auburn game. He's a well-regarded recruit, too. He could be back uh, for this one. You know, Anaya Smith wasn't super highly regarded, too. It seems like, you know, they've got some guys that weren't that highly regarded also that are really good players for them. Uh, as I mentioned, Jake Johnson's the tight end. He was a top 100 prospect. He's Max Johnson's brother, also in the class of 2022. You're going to see a lot of this guy was from the class of 2022 uh, type players. Let's see. Uh, on the offensive line, as I mentioned, you know, there's not like – just one elite recruit after another. But they have a couple, obviously. Uh, they start a freshman at right tackle in Chase Bizantis, 6'6", 320. He was the number 72 overall prospect in the country on 24-7 sports in this past class, class of 2023. So he's just a true freshman. And then you have Bryce Foster at center, who we're familiar with, played in last year's game. He's class of 2021. He was a top 100 prospect, number 89 overall. Uh, players have talked about him a good bit so far we're going to get to some questions now we haven't had a chance to get to a whole lot of questions in recent shows i think we did a lot last week but we're going to get to some now but before we do that i want to remind you about my friends over at ozarks go again you can reach them at ozarksgo.net slash hog that's h-a-w-g 479-684-4900 if you want to talk to them find out a little bit more about their internet service they're not going to like get you in on some low rate and then slowly jack your rate up year after year, and then you call and say, hey, why is my rate so high, or I want to cancel or something, and they say, well, let's drop your rate $40. You're not going to do that. They're, they're just going to give you a great rate now, and they're going to keep it at that rate. You're going to pay the same this year as you're going to pay next year with Ozarks Go. Um, one of the not, things I like about their service, they're also local. When you call the number, you're not going to be getting some call center or something. You're going to talk to somebody local who's from this area who probably knows about the Razorbacks if uh, you need to talk about the Hogs some more. Uh, but go check out our friends at Ozarks Go. I've mentioned several times I've never unplugged and replugged my router, never one time in two and a half years since I've had them here. And that's what they always tell you to do when your Internet's not working. But guess what? My Internet's always worked. Reliable service, fast speeds at Ozarks Go. Reach them at ozarksgo.net slash H-A-W-G. Use that H-A-W-G at the end so they know that you heard it from us. Okay. The betting line on this game, the last I saw on the Bet Saracen app, was 6.5, plus 6.5 for Arkansas. Let's see if it's changed. I, I looked right after uh, the injury news came out about Wegman. And Max Johnson starting over him, it's it has dropped a point. So now Arkansas is plus five and a half. So dropped a full point after the injury news to Texas A&M starting quarterback. Max Johnson certainly very capable, uh, but that line maybe is a little bit more intriguing. Arkansas on the money line is plus 185. That's also gone down, obviously, as you would expect, from plus 200. The over-under is 53 and a half. That has gone down a couple of points. So basically – Texas A&M having their starter versus having their backup is worth about a point. Somehow it's also worth about, well, two points. I guess Arkansas is going to score a few points, fewer points now too because it was 55 and a half. There's a lot of interesting prop bets on there too that I was looking at the other day. 
stuff like, you know, well, Rocket Sanders had this many yards and this many touchdowns, stuff like that. Okay. Hey, guys, I want to take a moment real quick. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, I mentioned before, it just always shocks me that 71% of our viewers aren't subscribed to the channel. So subscribe, hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also, Hog Sports is just $1 right now if you want to get in. It's a great time. Basketball season starting up. We're in the meat of the SEC football schedule. Um, recruiting is going to pick up here in a little bit too. But this used to be a real busy time in recruiting, but it's kind of the calendar's changed so much lately. Uh, so all that stuff's going to be happening. Okay, let's see. I appreciate the kind words, Daniel. Landon Montgomery says, "Is this season? Is this game a season? Is this game a season turning point for both teams? Uh, for Arkansas, potentially, yeah. I mean, Texas A&M just has one loss. I know the standard is going to be higher for Jimbo Fisher in year what five or six for him. Uh, I know the the standard is going to be higher year six, I think. Um, but for Arkansas, yeah, I think in a lot of ways this is a big turning point game. When you're talking about." three losses in a row. If you didn't think it was toxic before, then, I mean, <laughs> it's going to get, I mean, if you lose three in a row, people are, you know, you're going to lose, you're going to have more detractors. You just are. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big game for Arkansas. And, I mean, the next one after that is Ole Miss. And if you lose to Ole Miss, then you got Alabama. And, you know, if you lose that one, then, Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a big game for Arkansas. Marcus Huck says, really enjoy your passion. Keep up the great work, Trey. I appreciate that. Thank you, Marcus. Try to bring some energy to the show. Dylan McCrary says, how does our offensive line hold up during this game? I mean, when you look at the other side of the ball, it's just like one stud after another, like very, very highly recruited defensive linemen, linebackers, defensive backs. Uh, but that defensive line, is it's young. But it's also got some veterans. But they're, they've got some really good young studs on that defensive line. So, uh, it's an important – I mean, KJ's going to have to use his legs. You're going to have to do – get creative. You're going to have to – that screen game's going to need to be working. I mean, Arkansas has got to get better at the tackles. Okay? So, you know, they're, they've been pretty good inside. But there have just been times where – and Kudis is just young. He, he's – probably just their fifth best offensive lineman. I mean, that's just how it is. And he's going to be a really good player, but he's still learning on the go. We see times where he gets bull rush and, like, put on his back. Um, there's also times where he does really good things and shows his athleticism. You know, Devon Manuel also a couple of times just really struggled. But for the most part, I thought Devon was a pretty significant upgrade uh, overall. And he should be healthier. I got him at 76% of the snaps last week, but he should be healthier for this one. If Devon Manuel's healthy, I, I just think he's he's so big and athletic that um, he can be just a, a real a real good player for Arkansas uh, in in future years. But Arkansas's the main thing Arkansas's got to do beyond all that stuff, they got to stop shooting themselves in the foot. They can't just keep making careless penalties. I mean, they just can't. It's going to it bit you last week, it's going to bite you again. I mean, the problem last week, and because of penalties, a lot – I mean, how close was Luke has after that score? This close, and then you jump off sides, you know? And then you, you have a miscommunication on third down, and you're settling for another field goal. Those are the kinds of things that cost you ball games. In this conference where everything's so close, everybody works so hard, puts so much effort into it, it's those little things like that that get you. Zach Wharton says – do you think we can find success taking more shots downfield? Armstrong and Broden had two great long ball catches last game. Yeah, I think so. I think KJ does that best. I think throwing the long ball is uh, one of his best attributes. And we certainly saw them do that a lot in camp. Um, you know, I know they throw a lot of post patterns. They like to utilize the middle of the field, more dig routes than we've seen in the past, and also a lot of screens. So they use a lot of, a lot of the field. But, uh, yes. I would say that, and hey, tight end seam, you know, Luke has, real deal. James Kirk says, Arkansas fans lose their mind with another close loss, need a win or a, close, a clear loss. <laughs> so one way or the other, just a blowout one way or the other. Bill Richards says, Hogs win 38-35. That would be refreshing to see Arkansas win a close game. But I'll, I think I would take the, the blowout win. 
that uh, James Kirk suggested. John Smith says, Trey, what did you think of the Jake Beckett comments on Twitter? I mean, I've looked over them a little bit. I don't – I mean, whether I agree or disagree on some of Jake's political stuff, I don't get political. And people who know me know that. And so I don't – I'm not going to engage in any kind of political talk. And uh, I certainly – I don't get in any kind of pissing matches on Twitter. Zachary Beeler says, Hogs 38-28. John Smith says, Zachary, you've been a lot on a lot of the shows lately. I know who you are. <laughs> John Smith says, Trey, do you think Rocket will be back this week? Yes, I do think Rocket will be back this week. Uh, I don't know if he practiced Wednesday yet. I don't know that. I assume he did since he was able to go Tuesday after Monday's practice, even though Wednesday they were going to take it a little lighter on him. How much he carries the ball remains to be seen. But usually it's a progression into getting you know back full speed. So I I, I would be a, maybe a little surprised if they did more than ten carries. But I don't know. You know maybe if he's they've rested him up. Hey, you're ready to go. You know, 15, 16, 20 carries. Who knows? But I'm thinking the odds are probably ten or less. As much as I'd love to see him more, and I mean that's. Just a guess on my part, really, if I'm being honest. Annette Lanier Delgado says, Go Hogs, I believe our coaches are the best and team. You are the best. Thanks. Everybody's great. Dalton Adams says, uh, Hopefully we see Satania utilized more as a weapon on offense and has continued to develop as a force at tight end. Yeah, I could see them trying to do some things to take away has in this game since he has had so much set, so much success, has had. Um I think they try they've tried to do things with Isaac Tesla after he you know, after his first game. Kent State did, BYU. So, yeah, I could see them maybe trying to take some things away there. Maybe that opens up something for somebody else. That's You just got to find that guy and recognize what's happening. Uh, Pittman did say on Wednesday that they do have some stuff for Satania. He, you know, when he's asked about Satania, he always kind of points to the other guys. Like, we had, you know, three other guys doing really good things. I just think Satania brings a little bit different aspect to the game with his shiftiness. And, you know, all these guys are, are, are fast, but – Satania has a little bit different kind of giddy-up. Scott Alexander said the table is set. The offense is ready to explode. All this team needs is confidence. A win Saturday will be huge. Yes. It would be nice to have a little bit different mood, something different kind of talk about. This A&M writer sounds extremely confident, LOL. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that's pretty common with A&M writers. We've had Tarp on a number of times. Uh, just skip my spot. Okay. Josh G says, or Gee says, I think I just said orgy. Trey, I heard on the radio the other day, I heard you on the radio that can we get some more Sam Pittman impersonations? Well, <laughs> he always says, well, things of that nature. Um, I'd have to think of something to say. I always think back to um, Danny was talking about, this time he was talking to him about, um, well, actually, I was talking to him about this one time. I'll do this one. Um, I asked him, so is Dan Skipper, uh, Are you with him being so tall, are you worried about him you know, being able to bend? Well, if we didn't think he could bend, we wouldn't have recruited him. <laughs> Landon Montgomery says, any chance KJ returns? I'm sure Rocket is a lock to be gone. Oh, returns for his senior year? Um, I would say – outside chance I mean he's a fifth year senior you see the graduate badge on him we had him yesterday uh, listed right here with his graduate hat and everything I could see him probably moving on but uh, you never know things happen I think Rocket probably will move on I mean he's a former 1400 yard rusher despite what happens this season running backs typically when they get that opportunity they put a really great season behind them they're draft eligible usually you see them go so I think he probably will Matthew McKenzie says, I think this will be like 2015 Auburn game. The Hogs offense will finally take off. Hogs 45, 38. 2015 Auburn game wasn't what you think, Matthew. Uh, there was three overtimes. Arkansas, that was 17-17, I think. 17-17, yeah. Um, I think Arkansas's offense took off pretty well. They just got to get out of their own way with the penalties against LSU. Um, I mean, that's not some chump defense that they face. That's the best def defense they've faced to this point, and they played the best they have so far. But 2015, uh, that, that, that went to three – it never should have gone into overtime. That went to three overtimes. Uh, but after that game, 
is when you really saw the offensive numbers start exploding. Landon Montgomery says, where is Greer? Are the other backers more talented? We only saw two other linebackers. The only two linebackers that played defensive snaps were Pooh Paul and Jaheim Thomas. That was it. They need to rotate that a little bit more. I understand whenever you rotate, you know, if you're – there has to be a balance, right, with your starters, how good are your starters – when they're tired versus your top backups. You know, what's that balance? And I guess they feel like their starters, when they get a little tired, are, are still better than their backups. But we expected to see this. Once they get into the meat of the schedule, you don't see as much rotation, you know, and trying to figure some things out. But um, I feel like Greer is a good enough player that he can come in and spell them and a reliable enough player, a veteran enough player, that he can come in and get that rotation. You really need a three-man rotation because – it's not so much about are these guys going to be tired by the fourth quarter. It's just wear and tear on your body throughout the season. And you're going to need your all your linebackers, right? You're going to want these guys to the back end of the season. So um, it's important to take some snaps off, snaps off of them, in my opinion. Not as much as the defensive line, but more than the, in the secondary. It kind of goes progressively back how, how much time how much you want to take off of them. Landon Montgomery says, do we see Satania finally get the start this week? No, he's not going to start. Dalton Adams says, I hope Sam proves me wrong with the carries split like he did last week and keeps giving the hot hand. You know, I mentioned this in the walk and talk, but I feel like Dabinion, they just wanted to give Dabinion more carry. Uh, I, I feel like they feel like Dabinion is the you know second most talented back that they have. And that's why maybe they didn't just feed A.J. But Dominion also hits it a little bit harder. You know, A.J., when he sees a crease, and he can hit it and break off a huge run. Dominion, we just see a lot of, you know, he'll run into a wall for you. And not that A.J. won't. It's just, you know, different styles, different things that they're good at. And Dominion, when he hits that wall, he gets three yards or more, as we saw on Saturday. Mark Douglas says, last game we only played two linebackers. I mentioned that. Um... Are we in danger of repeating the last several years our defense running out of gas second half? I just think they need to get a more rotate. I mean, they have that defensive line. You know, Zach Williams only played four snaps. I don't think we saw Nico Davier. Uh, we saw Ian Drafford for one snap. I'm, I don't I don't know when that was. Maybe it was at the goal line or something. Uh, and then Tank Booker was out. So, yes, it's great to have a 1A, 1B type defensive line. But also, you know, you've got some guys that are 1C. Uh, if Tank, I think Tank is going to be good to go in this one. So keep rotating those guys around and keep Eric Gregory, Torian Carter, uh, Cam, you know, your two def- starting defensive ends. Keep those guys healthy for that fourth quarter. Uh, John Allen says, where is Keith Grayson? Keith has had a lot going on. Um, he just got – I'm sure he'll share it with us. He's got some, you know, nothing bad, but, you know, just personal things going on. He's – selling his mansion and um it's just a lot so he's just been busy and he's also coaching right now i want to get keith back on i actually exchanged text with him yesterday or day before uh, but i want to get keith back on but he, he just had a lot going on early in the year but we'll get him back okay a lot of requests for keith grayson if you're watching keith You do a great job, Trey. Appreciate that, Jared. John Smith also missing Keith Grayson. Butch Joyner says, like hearing from Tarp on the other side, but he sounds very confident in the Aggies. John Smith says, Trey, what's your take on Josh Braun? I've seen him make some outstanding plays with with run push, but I've also seen him lose his block in both run and pass plays. I would say I agree. Um, there are times where I look at Braun and he does stuff. I'm like, man, he's moving that dude. Uh, and there are other times where it's just like you said, yeah, just kind of he's got to be consistent. We know he's got it. I, I think the interior of the offensive line is is definitely the strength. I think everybody sees that. I think once Devon Manuel gets healthy, you know, he can be a strength for him at left. And you just got to get Kudis continue to work, continue to work. And um, and he has a lot of ability. He's just very young. He's a true sophomore. Kudis is younger as a true sophomore than several of the true freshmen. He's the youngest second-year player on the team. I mean, he just recently – I mean, he was – he just turned 19, like in August, just turned 19. So, pretty young guy overall. A lot of potential. Why is it – man, I hate I hate you, Facebook, when you start jumping around like this. I hate you. I hate you. 
All right, where is it? Where's my spot? It'll just, like, for those who don't know, like, the response is just every once in a while I'll go, and I'll completely lose my spot. Why is it staying and getting any playing time? It's a good question. If you ask Pittman, he'll say the other guys are playing so well. But, um, I mean, we kind of talked about it. I think he'll play some offense this game, but if Satania, like, catches a pass and takes it to the house, everybody's going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, if that, if that happens, like, on his first pass or something like that. No penalties, play clean, we win, plain and simple. Timothy David Long says, please tell me no white helmets. Uh, I haven't heard anything on that, but you don't wear the white helmets with the red uniform, in my opinion, just like – you don't wear the chrome helmets with the red uniform either. I've heard people talking about break out the chrome helmets. Chrome helmets, white jersey. Let's have a little taste, people, okay? Let's don't get tacky. I wasn't a big fan of the red pants Saturday. Maybe you were. I didn't think they looked as bad as the no-stripe pants, red pants. Uh, but I like the traditional jersey. I think it looks sharp. I think it looks clean. It doesn't look overdone. Like sometimes you can just get too much going on. I just like the way the jersey looks. Uh, I do like the chrome, though. But chrome goes with white, in my opinion. Bush Joyner says, take the points. Always take the points, in my opinion, unless you got to have it, unless mathematically you're just out of it. I, I was really pleased to see them kick the field goal Saturday. I mean, but what were they going to do, test it again? Like, they got the fourth down on that fake field goal. They're going to go for another fourth down. I mean, and it was longer. I mean, <laughs> Longer distance to get the first down and longer kick. Garrett Michael Scott says, I agree, DeBinion is just, there we go, jumping around. Stupid Facebook messages. Uh, all right, Garrett Michael Scott says, "Not you guys aren't stupid, just the form, <laughs> just the way it's set up. Uh, I agree, DeBinion is the man just had fumble issues. DeBinion, once he started – as he said the other day, trusting the offensive line, which is what we all saw, you know, especially like those pin and pull plays, and he's trying to just stretch it out to no man's land. Uh, once he started trusting the hole's going to be there, we saw what happened. Brian Hendley says, I really like Haz, but haven't seen the transfer T from North Texas. What's his stats? We saw him a little bit Saturday, but he's just been slower to come along. And, you know, Arkansas has used some two tight end sets. We saw that a lot last week, actually. Uh, but when they did that, it seems it seems like they want to bring in a blocking guy. We didn't. I don't think we even saw. Um, I'm spacing on the uh, Louisville transfer. Spacing on his name, but we saw Bax last last game. But I don't even think we saw. Um, why am I spacing on his name? I can see his face. Where's oh, Where's too much paint? Too much. Uh, <laughs> too much uh, eye black. Uh, that's bugging me right now. Somebody post it. Somebody post it. But we saw two tight end sets, but when they do that, they tend to go, go with the guy more of a blocker. And, you know, Gums is about, like, identical to Luke has in terms of his size. Like, they're both 6'3", 240, something, you know. Uh, but he's just been – you know, he didn't enroll early. I think that put him a bit behind. But I want to see him get out there too because I think he can be a weapon for him. But, you know, has his play in, like, 60-something snaps also. Clint Wharton says, I think Dominic Johnson should be H-back fullback. He hasn't flashed at all this year. I mean, he's made some plays. I mean, the guy's coming off two ACLs, but he can move a pile. And I like him closer to the line of scrimmage, like you said. They have that, you know, run that dead tee that we've seen a, a few times, which uh, it's also gotten him into trouble. They've had, what, they false started, and they got to delay a game one time when they were putting that set in early in the season. I mean, it's – but I like them all being closer to the line of scrimmage in that short yardage and Dominic Johnson playing that fullback spot. You know, I, I, I like that too. But he can also play running back. I mean, he's also – I mean, he had two carries for 14 yards against uh, BYU, and I think they were to the outside, if I remember. I think he also had one that was a nice run that uh, didn't happen because of penalty. Jonathan Mosley says either A and M is going to find a way to win or the Hogs are going to find a way to lose. They have to. They have yet to demonstrate they can close out big games. They haven't beaten anybody. I hope I'm wrong. We have eight win roster, but not an eight win coaching staff. Well, right now, I mean, they lost BYU because of penalties. They lost LSU because of penalties. And LSU and BYU, as I said before, made them pay for it. So you run into a team that's capable of making you pay for your mistakes and you make mistakes, you're going to lose. 
unless the other team makes too many mistakes too and you make them pay. Jonathan Mosley says either uh, – I just read that. Um, Rique, Ricio Patrick says, okay. I'm sorry. It's Spanish. I could put it in Google Translate and play it, but I don't know what you're saying. Something about hospitalized. Oh, okay. This is all spam. Should I just read it <laughs> and spam my best Spanish? <laughs> He's got a number on here he wants you to call. Something about Dios. I know that means God. Okay. <laughs> That's enough. But I think it's probably um, maybe spamming about um, church. Chris Foley says the color looked wrong, though. Almost Bama-like. Ooh. The color on, what, the pants? They looked a little off color. Brian Henley says Francis Sherman. Brian Henley says Francis and Mark Harden says Sherman, Francis Sherman, Francis Sherman, Francis Sherman. Sorry, Francis. All right, everybody. I won't gonna, I'm not going to forget Francis Sherman now. See, I said it three times. I use it in a sentence. A great technique to use if you need to remember somebody's name. Three times I use it in a sentence. All right, everybody. I want to thank you for your questions. I want to thank our subscribers, of course, at hogsports.com. I want to thank Jeff Tarpley for hopping on with us. I'll see him Saturday when I'm in Arlington. Next time I see you guys, I'll be walking around AT&T Stadium uh, following the game for the walk and talk. And uh, also thanks Curtis Wilkerson for hopping on with us as well. All right, everybody. I'm picking Arkansas on this one, I think. I know I shouldn't. I picked them in the preseason. I just uh, – I don't know. I think uh, – I don't know. It could be bad if there's a three-game losing streak. But I, I don't know. I think Arkansas is going to put this one together. I think they've got a good enough team to do it. It's a veteran team. It's older. Texas A&M, you know, has some veteran players, but they do rely on a lot of younger players, albeit guys that are one day going to be in the NFL. So it's an interesting mix, I think. But I'm going to take Arkansas on this one, even though it's going to be a battle and it's going to come down to mistakes. I'm going to bank on Arkansas, getting a lot of those mistakes cleaned up in this one. That's what it's going to come down to. Can Arkansas clean up the mistakes? I'm going to go with them finally doing it, even though we haven't seen it. And I don't like to pick Arkansas to win games when I don't see them win. But they did beat them a couple years ago. I'm not I'm, I'm not confident in it <laughs> in the pick. So take that for what it's worth. But if you're going to bet Saris and do it on your own on your own thoughts because uh, who knows how it's going to pay off. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time.